0: This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis, and happy 2023. Happy New Year. Um, good tidings. I hope you've had a wonderful holiday break, no matter what you celebrate or who you celebrate with. I have a special friend with me in the studio to kick off a brand new year. Say hello.
1: Hello. Hello. Happy New Year. My name is Kim Rodriguez. I'm the Outreach and Support Manager for Leadership Programs here at New Memphis.
0: Woohoo! So I've had the pleasure of having my little desk next to Kim for the last several yeah. weeks, um, actually months, I guess, at this point. And it has been very fun. And she is also the owner of our staff mascot. (laughs) Pablo, yes. Pablo, the (laughs) lovely
1: dog. He's our chief of people person here. He loves everybody, including the guests that we sometimes have come in to meet with us.
0: Yes. So if you have dropped by and seen us recently, you have likely met Pablo in person and he's a lovely little lovely
1: little doggy. He is. and he, he loves everybody. He loves to come in and speak to you all. It's like a fresher face than
0: mine. So <laughs> a little variety is always yeah. necessary. Well, this um, episode is going to close out our favorite things of 2022. And Kim wanted to stop by to share what her favorite episode was And it is actually a big coincidence Because We're headed into TEDx 2023 yes. Which will be on February 11th At Crosstown Theater Super Grab your exciting. tickets now So Kim Tell us What your favorite episode Of 2022 was So drum roll, please Brrr
1: favorite episode of 2022 is none other than the sky's not the limit with Fletcher Cleaves um, I actually know Fletcher personally um, so it uh, just it kind of resonated with me um, I feel like I don't tell him enough um, I may honestly have never told him because we just always like having fun and just in that moment but he is so inspiring um, listening to that podcast it just kind of motivated me um, especially going into the new year, just, you know, setting goals for myself. Um, Fletcher, he's, you know, in the situation that he's in, but he literally does not let it faze him. He doesn't let it um, deter him from anything, you know, that I'm doing, that, you know, as people that are able to do, just all those sorts of things. So I just feel like um, it's a great way to just kind of kick it off.
0: I absolutely agree. Um, so I know Fletcher personally also, and he is truly an inspiration as well as just being an all-around really fun, cool guy to hang out with. Yes. Um, And the platform that he has been given, um, honestly, like, I hate to say he was made for it, but like his personality yeah. is such that he is a true inspiration, and he's always so hopeful, and that inspires hope around others. Um, so if you do not know Fletcher, um, we will get into this a little bit in the... Episode coming up, but he was hit by a car, a p- person distracted, that was, yeah, yeah, distracted, distracted driver. driver texting, she was texting, texting and driving. Um, and from that, he is now wheelchair bound, but he yes. did a tremendous amount of progress and strength therapy to get back to where he is currently. Yes, um, his prognosis was definitely not that at the beginning, so right. he, from the jump, was an inspiration. Um, and then has made it his, now his mission and his life to have a, a book, a nonprofit. Um, he's the wheelchair nomad. He goes around.
1: He's even like a travel, um, advocate. Like he'll go, he'll travel places and he'll pretty much do like an assessment of
0: the accessibility, accessibility
1: access and just how easy it is for him to like get around. And, um, I'm sure it's helping many other people that are in, you know, situations like himself and just what they can do to, um, you know, get around and travel and not have to, you know,
0: be at home. Absolutely. So he has many irons in the fire, but he is the, basically the poster kid for proving that your circumstances do not define you. Um, and it's rather how you react to those circumstances that makes, that defines your character truly. Um, And one other exciting thing about Fletcher is he is also a 2023 TEDx Memphis speaker. He is. And I am super excited
1: about that. I can't wait to hear him officially be able to say thanks for listening to my TED Talk because I know he's going (laughs) to say it all the time. But I'm super excited for him for that opportunity. Um, He definitely has a message that many people need to hear. And I know that the audience is going to take away some, some key points, some big key points in just life. Um, motivations that they can take with him from Fletcher.
0: Absolutely. So this episode originally aired in early February, 2022. So actually almost a year ago um, yeah. when TED happens also. So it's really coming full circle. And yeah. uh, he's been on our list for, to get as a TED speaker for a couple of years now. And so I feel like this is definitely the, his year. And I'm excited to see what else happens for him in 2023. So if you do not already have your TEDx Memphis tickets, head over to TEDx-Memphis.com. I think, Yes.com and purchase your tickets there to see Fletcher in person say, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So, without further ado, this is Kim's favorite thing, The Sky is Not the Limit. All right, guys, Fletcher is here. Welcome.
2: Yes, I am here. Yay. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
3: I'm so so happy to have you today. Your story is just so cool and I cannot wait for these listeners to hear all about it. But before that, we did a small introduction for you before mm-hmm. you got here. But now that you are here, I would love for you just to introduce yourself to the audience and let them know a little bit more about you.
2: Absolutely. What it is, what it ain't, what the business is, America.
3: We love one that starts off like that. <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: I'm at all about high energy and having a great time. But um, I am Fletcher Cleves, aka The Wheelchair Dome Man. I'm born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. I graduated from Cordova High School in 2009. After that, um, I was on a football scholarship to Lambeth University in Jackson, Tennessee, and unfortunately a lady texting and driving ran me off the road and uh, caused me to become paralyzed. And ever since then, it's been a journey, an uphill, downhill battle, slopes, turns, twists and turns, <laughs> however you want to call it. It's been Anything an but a
3: direct path. <laughs> exactly,
2: anything but a direct path. And uh, I, after therapy in Atlanta, Georgia, I came back home to the University of Memphis, uh, where I, well, back to Memphis where I enrolled at the University of Memphis. And graduated degree in computer science and I've just been trying to inspire the world with my story and tell everybody about the dangers of Texas driving and also also overcoming adversity and anything else I can help the help the world with
3: yeah your story is really one of testimony but also triumph over mm-hmm. your circumstances and so how did you even begin to get to the Fletcher that is sitting in front of us today
2: uh, well, it all started in, when I was born in 1990.
3: <laughs> You're like picture it, <laughs> <Yeah>. 1990. <laughs>
2: exactly. Um, but today I've always been kind of a resilient young man. Yeah. When I played sports, I was always a smaller athlete, so people always kind of doubted me and didn't have the full faith I had within myself, so I've always kind of believed in myself more than everybody else did. And it kind of uh, overruled or uh, rolled over when my accident happened. And mm-hmm. I just kind of took on that same mindset and just wanted to show the world that being in a wheelchair is not what you think it is, and also just this is the end of my story. I worked too hard to get where I was mm-hmm. at 18 years old to have something tragic happen, and that was it. Like, no, nah, this can't this can't be life. So yeah. I need to do something or figure out what it, what it is I need to do or to get back rolling uh, back in the streets and back uh, around the community and everything like that. So luckily it's been going well so far, and I'm excited.
4: I love that. Well, I want to get into something really quickly, something that uh, is called the Fletcher Cleves story. In case Mm -hmm. you guys have not checked it out, um, hit up your local Amazon link because it's there um, in your own words of your own journey, Fletcher. I want to talk about that story Mm -hmm. and what gave you the courage to open up the pages of your life to uh, not only Memphis, but to the world.
2: Um, It was it was hard at first because I'm not really a writer. Like I'm very math and science. Uh, driven, so I'm like,
3: like I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I,
2: I'm like just when even I was in college, it was like write a five page essay. I'm like I can literally say this in two sentences. Like, <laughs> I, like I would just put in fillers and just try to make it. I don't I don't know what to say. I'm yeah. not a good writer, so. I had some writing help and I uh, went through a journey, you know, I had someone to kind of writing coach to help me, but it was an amazing journey. I just, everybody kept telling me with being a motivational speaker to, you should write a book, you should write a book. And I was like, I don't even like writing paragraphs. I know I'm not going to write a book.
4: <laughs> right. So,
2: but I was like, you know, maybe this is a new way to reach audience and maybe a new way to uh, help America and just tell my story. So it was a journey. It took about two years to from um, start to finish and uh, telling that story and just being all the detailed and trying to, uh, put the audience right at the moment in the car when everything happened or when I was in therapy, trying to uh, it, describe what it, the feeling like, what the room smelled like and things of that nature and just reminiscing and going back to old videos and old pictures and things mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember that time and that day. And it was, uh, it was a fantastic time. I loved doing it.
4: Awesome. And, but they're, they're definitely therapeutic for you, though, going through the process.
2: It was. It was just reminiscing, like I said, and like putting myself back in that shoes because you kind of, mm-hmm. Would it have been so long ago, Uh, I kind of get kind of drawn away from it and trying to remember what it was like and kind of a refresh on why I started this journey. Absolutely.
3: I think that is such a really cool thing because, one, you take on all these initiatives anyway. And even this book, like you said, it's not your forte, but you found a way to do it anyway. Mm. So I kind of am really interested to hear from you to this vast array of listeners we have. Mm. If they're wanting to do something that's a little scary, they're wanting to start a new venture, step out on a ledge and kind of do something mm-hmm. new, but they're terrified. What is your advice to them?
2: Um, my advice is just to do it. Like, you just, even though I was scared, you just have to do it. And whether it's going back to college or whether it's joining New Memphis or whether it's anything of that nature, anything you've always wanted to do, just do it. Because um, a couple of things that I've heard from my coach and my parents was... Like, let's say going back to school, for instance, going back to college, Mm -hmm. take that as an example. Four years is going to pass regardless. So why don't you just do it anyway? Like, so four years from now, are you going to be in the same place or would you like Mm -hmm. to have, you know, undergrad or bachelor's degree or master's degree behind your name or something like that? So, um, Mm. you know, like just something in that nature, I was like. Uh, when people said you should write a book and like, it's gonna take two years, and I was like, "Well, two years is gonna pass anyway.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna be two years older eventually. Exactly. Might as well be two years older with the book." <laughs> exactly. <deal>. So something <laughs>
2: I've always been a glass half full, and I look um, just being optimistic and always seeing the positive and things. Um, so that's why I think you should. When I say people are scared, just do it anyway. Uh, yeah. Playing football, our coach he used to come before every game. He was like, "Scared man is a dead man." So by that means, you can't go on that field being timid and being scared and walking through life thinking about the what ifs because, you know, life is life. It's has happened. Yes. Everybody goes through ups and downs. Everybody goes through adversity, but it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond to it.
3: I that's really resonate mm. with that. And I love that so much because there's going to be bad and good days no matter what Absolutely. you decide to do. Like nothing is going to be all peaches and roses Absolutely. all day long. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what prevents people from really stepping into what they could the power truly of what they could be is the fear of the bad. Yeah. What do you do on those days where you're like, "Oh gosh, today is a really bad day"? Like, what what is your little hack for getting through days like that?
2: Um, a little hack I go through to get through bad days,
3: or if it's just like you do the best you can. Yeah, like it, it just
2: it, ha- it happens, man. It just it just happens. Yeah. So I would always like I'm very. um humorous like I always try to you, know, like you don't I, say yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm always making jokes as Kalinda can contest uh, I've always you know been uh so I wouldn't say a sore thumb but just, I've always tried to stick out yeah so even when I'm having bad days I'm like hey at least it's not raining <laughs> <laughs> so you know anything just try like to,
3: perspective it's perspective it's <laughs> frank
2: perspective so I have always try to always see you know what try to be what you're grateful for so if you're having a bad day try to be like well at least Whatever the case may be in your situation, or you know, tomorrow's a brand new day. Try to look at it, like, look at it uh, with that perspective as well, and just see, like I say, always be optimistic.
4: I, I've I witnessed that. I've seen Fletcher bring um, the energy. Mm-hmm. You say fake it till you make it, but he doesn't <laughs> fake it. Like it's always genuine, and it just. It just ignites something in everybody else, whether we're feeling down or not into it, you like it's lit. It's and everybody lit. everybody's on board. <laughs> yeah, good, good
2: morning. I'm here. And si- we lit. Time to get the show going and we lit. Exactly. <laughs> I love it.
3: You're just that person that walks into a room and everybody's like, Okay, I feel better now. Exactly. You're and, I, and, I, and I take
2: that and I take that as a compliment, you know, yeah. like trying to bring that energy and just trying to make everybody's day better simply just by my presence.
3: you your present is a present. That is like <laughs> your gift to the there world. we go. Thank you. <laughs> so you have done so much. You have embarked on so many initiatives. But first, I want to like talk a little bit about the thing I think most people are probably familiar with you mm-hmm. with, which was the Fletcher's Drive through the AT&T It Can Wait campaign.
2: Absolutely. How
3: did that come about? Did AT&T just ring you on the line and you're like, this is the executive AT&T, and you are like, no, it's
2: not. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> uh, and so it was really a uh, draw of the luck, if you want to call it. Yeah. So I was speaking at Bartlett High School. I, this is fresh in my speaking journey. So I'm speaking at Bartlett High School. I'm still reading, like, off of a, a sheet of paper. Like, that's how new it was. I haven't memorized I didn't get to know the feel of the crowd. And uh, just so happened an AT&T representative was, like, we co-hosted, if you want to call it. Like, he spoke first, and I spoke second. And, um... You know, he was like, man, I love your story. You know, if anything comes up, I'll keep you in mind. And you know, just like, yeah, whatever, man. Okay, yeah. Nice to meet you. Talk to you later. So a year goes by, and then out of nowhere, I get a call from Chuck Thomas. I'm not sure if you guys know him. Uh, he's H and T director. He lives yeah. here in Memphis, and um, he does a lot of stuff around the community and everything. And he calls. He's a very uh, fast speaking man. So he calls. He's like Fletcher. Fletcher, you're not gonna believe. Like he's. I'm like Chuck. Calm down. What do you talk like? Because I'm, I'm I'm at work at the time. I'm like. Oh, what do
4: <laughs> Hold on, let me
2: step away from my desk. It was like I just got off the phone with ESPN, and they're uh, in AT and T, and they were in a meeting, and they were saying, "Hey, we're looking for someone that is has been affected by distracted driving." Uh, with AT reps, and then ESPN was like, we prefer them to be an athlete. And I jumped up in the meeting and I said, I know the perfect guy, Fletcher Clegg. And, <laughs> and you know, they, and I'm like, all right, Chuck. So what, what are we saying? And I was like, and they Fletcher, I'm telling you, man, you're gonna love it. I got a big surprise for you. And he just he's speaking. I'm like, all right, Chuck, get to it. Like, what's going on? Yeah. he He's like, they want to put, they want to do a commercial and and make air on college game day and ESPN, and they want to fly you out and do all these things. I'm like, what? Are you, are you serious? Like, yeah. be honest. And it happened, and, and and that's and that's how it all started. So, they got in contact with me, and they, I shared my story. They came down, and they filmed the commercial, and it was fantastic. It was a, it was a, a eye opening experience just being a part of that, and. I have a new respect for actors and movies and people of that. Huh. Because
3: well, I don't think I could ever act because I feel like I would get too linked to my character, and so and I'd be thinking it was my real life. Yours, this is a different story because this was obviously based off your real life. Absolutely. But I feel like in terms of acting in general, there's no way I could not be a soap actress. I would well, be thinking be, I have like five there might, husbands. There might be a,
2: there might be real, <laughs> that might be a might be good thing. Like you put yourself and you're like, hey, yeah. you know, you just raw emotion. It's
3: like she's a great actress, but she went crazy. She it's went
2: crazy. <laughs> but yeah, in and just waking up, being on set at like 6 in the morning to yeah. like 8 at night for four days straight. We are talking like 13 hours. And it was only a six-minute commercial. Yeah,
3: that's crazy. So I could have like
2: a two-hour movie. They're filming for like nine months and just every day in and out. Like It has to be so strenuous.
4: Wow. So for you, was it mentally grueling? Was it physically grueling? Was it, were you like, this is my element, I'm doing my thing? Uh, It was
2: cool um, when I was um, doing my scenes. (laughs) But like just being in in the, just, well, the whole experience was great. Let me say that. I don't want to say it was bad, but just waking up early and just watching people and, you know, they're trying to keep it as true as possible, but also add like the the theatrical flavor to it Mm -hmm. and. And uh, we had some great experiences just bringing in my actual parents, my actual football coach, my actual weight trainer, my actual therapist from Atlanta. So being around those people was uh, very – it was nice.
3: What is it like watching your life through somebody else's lens?
2: It's – I wouldn't say weird.
3: I'm like weird sounds about right. for Like it's (laughs) surreal almost.
2: It's eye-opening, but it's kind of – I wouldn't say easy because I speak it with being a motivational speaker. I tell this story all the time. Right. So watching it though, like through like the professionalism yeah. of, like, of cameras and stuff, I was like, man, this is really like, this is what's up. It's really cool. And, um, but it, it was, it was great. It was great. I, I enjoyed it. And my parents and, you know, none of us are actors. so yeah. right. It was funny and you know, <laughs> things. Uh, my football coach was on set and he was kind of giving like, trying to get like in the pregame, like it was an actual game. <laughs> yeah. And so he starts... Uh, wailing off these sayings that aren't TV appropriate. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, so, um, you know, and he's saying, you know, he says the first line and then the director comes in. It's like, cut, 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 cut. Yeah. I can't like, use, can't you use it. You cannot say that on national TV. <laughs>
3: no explicatives, <Exactly>. please.
2: Like, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Anything of that yeah. nature, you know, he wasn't cursing uh, in his yeah. defense, but he was just saying some some football terms. Yeah, gotcha. like something to like, yeah, that get but, you yeah. uh, And then so after that one, he was like, okay, I'll use my other one. So he goes in again, he gives uh phrase B. The second one, cut, cut! You can't say that either <laughs> on national TV. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it was it was just funny, just being you know that whole. Sounds situation. like you have a
3: really good recollection of that time, as in like it's more fondness than hardship oh, yeah, of I, that time.
2: Like I said, I've never been a part of anything like that with a national commercial and yeah. and just being hands on and everything. And it was it was a fantastic time. And I'm I'm a people person. I like to joke around and even the um, um, I guess what you assistants that were on on set. That was like, you don't want anything? Like, they literally hired a person strictly to just. Whatever Make I sure did. you were good. Yeah, like so. Like every twenty minutes, she was like, "Do you need some water?" You're or, like,
3: "I have a personal assistant. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, not going to be able to go back to my normal life." <laughs> exactly. Like, this is like, I
2: can't do this anymore. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't have anybody waking up, getting me water and Chick Fil A. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, she was just asking, like, "Do you need anything?" I was like, "No, I'm cool. Like, I'm just, I'm just here chilling." I, I'm chilling. Like, I'm chilling. Yeah. We were in my parents' house, so I, like, I know where the water's at. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. Was, I was like, "You're so nice." I was like, "What do you expect me?" to Right. Ask? Like, well, people like these especially when you're like the star of it. I was like, I need Chick-fil-A in my room at 7 (laughs) a.m. Room
3: temperature water, not a grade above 68. If it's 69, I don't want it. I (laughs) need
2: blue M&Ms only, something like that.
3: Oh, gosh. So what was the response to this? So you do the commercial. It rolls out with the AT&T campaign. What was the response for you after that?
2: It was, they kind of put it on a national level, Mm -hmm. like I said, because I was, you know, but being a Memphis kid, because people in Memphis kind of hear your stories, and maybe even Jackson and Arkansas, but not like California yeah. and Wisconsin and Colorado and things of that nature. So when it aired, I just started getting emails from people all over just, hey, I'm Fletcher, I'm so-and-so from New York, and I just saw your commercial, and you inspired me. I had people telling me their testimony, I have three kids, and they start driving, or I'm dealing with some personal issues, and seeing your story just made me want to fight. And uh, I st- I tend to go back uh, maybe once or twice a year and just read those emails mm-hmm. to try to remember why am I doing this mm-hmm. and what is the purpose and you know it is for it is you know it is for a purpose so with being a motivation speaker if you don't get that feedback sometimes you may lose confidence and it's like what am I doing really make a difference and you know it just and it confirms it that I am making a difference uh, I got an email from a lady from Canada she was dealing with cancer and she was like I was la- I was laying in the hospital and your commercial came up. And I saw it, and I was like, it made me keep wanting to fight. Like, if this young man has gone through this, I can definitely keep fighting. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Well, um,
4: speaking of being uh, nationally recognized, you're also internationally recognized. Let's talk about this wheelchair nomad, sir. Um, Just in case you guys have not seen it or checked it out, you can definitely tune into the YouTube channel Mm -hmm. of Fletcher's and check out The Wheelchair Nomad Gets Crazy in Mexico. (laughs) <laughs> it is hilarious. It's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, that journey. And I just got to know, when they tossed you off that ledge, what were you thinking?
2: But I wasn't. Clearly, <laughs> I wasn't. But it was fantastic. So it started from the beginning. It started when I was in college. And kids, I wasn't independent enough to go travel alone mm-hmm. or anything like that. I still relied on my parents for a lot of my medical needs and stuff like that. And uh, my college team with teammates, friends, and everybody... They were going like spring break and you know, yeah. like they were doing college stuff. And I was like, I wanna go. Me too. Yeah, like what about me guys? <laughs> yeah. So like my senior year or junior year, my friends was like, hey y'all, instead of going to PCB in Miami, whatever, we're gonna like whatever we need to do to help get fledged, we're just gonna take a small trip to Nashville for the weekend. Yeah. Just to kind of see. So we go to Nashville for the weekend. That was the first time. I've ever been away from my parents more than, like, six, seven hours at a time. So, mm-hmm. uh, two, like, a whole weekend. Just that had being, to be,
3: like, nerve-wracking.
2: I was. I'm not really scared. Of, like. I'm, really? No. I'm uh, Like, if you do it, just do You're it. You're just like,
3: I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I've done just, it. I'm, I'm on I'm, go I'm, always yeah. is how you are.
2: I've fallen out of my chair. I've flipped back. Like,
3: Fletcher, just, my anxiety could never. Just
2: do it. Like, you never know what you can do until you try. That's so, fair. And that even, is fair. Even as a child, like, I would just do stuff. And I'll, like uh, now or then, just fall or hurt myself. Yeah. I'm like, oh, can't do that anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. that's when my parents were like, look, go ahead, jump, on, jump off the top step. Now, when you break your ankle, I bet you won't do it again. I'm so, fine. Yeah, I don't know exactly, exactly something <laughs> yeah. like that. But uh, like I said, um, so that we went to Nashville and. It was a fantastic time just being around my friends and just kicking in and having fun. and just we, we weren't even just doing stuff. We were just hanging out, just going to the movies. And we went out to eat and just hanging out in the hotel and things and like that. And it was so much fun just to, I felt like a, my independent, like I felt like a yeah. college kid. And yeah. so we went to Nashville again. Then we went to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. And then we went to Dallas, and then we, I was like, "Hi, what about a plane?" Like y'all over the. So we went to Vegas, and then we went to New York, and it just kept expanding, expanding. And then, so Vegas is my favorite city in the United States. Okay. I've been to Vegas at least thirteen times. Like I love it. Yeah.
4: Can we? Can we ask what happens in Vegas? Yeah, I no, you I know, you know are, you know, are the allowed to say? You know the <laughs> rules. What happens
2: in Vegas stays in Vegas. But no, it was it was a fantastic time and. And so we went to Vegas. I went to Vegas four times in one year. This particular year. Oh wow! And so I was like, I've been a. i have been I keep going to these same. Like once you go to so many United States cities, mm-hmm. they all starts to look the same. You know, it's cool. And so I, I looked at my financial spreadsheet. I looked at how much money I spent in Vegas. I looked up how much a plane ticket to Rome would cost. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could. I could go. Oh. To, uh, you know. So we did that. We went to um, Paris, Rome, and um, London. All right. Uh, we were going like twelve days and getting that first international tape, you know, over uh-huh. the pond. I was like, like, just the culture and yeah. music. It,
3: everything is so beautiful. Exactly. Too. It's just different.
2: It's just yeah. different. Yeah. It's like, this is what y'all do already? Like, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like you
3: work in this historical monument exactly. of a building every day. <laughs>
2: every day. Something like that. And once I, once that happened, I was like, well, if they do this in Europe, um, in Paris, in Europe, I wonder what they do in, like, Spain. And I wonder what uh, Dubai and Japan. Like, What what is, how does people live across the world? And just... Knowing that in different cultures, I love it in food and mm-hmm. just I, I just love it. So traveling is definitely uh, my thing now.
3: I love that. I also got to go to Rome for the first time before the pandemic mm-hmm. in 2019, and my first thing when you said that I was like, there's so many cobblestones.
2: Absolutely. So a yeah. big
3: point of your traveling series is to kind of rank and assess how accessible mm-hmm. going to these places is what was the verdict in going on that first big international venture
2: um Europe so far to the countries I've been to mm-hmm. in the best Paris Paris was probably uh, France Paris that, that was probably the best okay. they had like traditional elevators that we think of as elevators um, over not here. like
3: the little ones that you have to like yeah, open like, and stuff
2: th- yeah something like that, that but those are that uh, those were the ones in Italy that were mm-hmm. small typically too small and they also um, you ever seen the commercial when like older people that can't walk upstairs they attach a chair to the rail yes. and they sit it in it and it, that's what their idea of what elevator was so, oh, I okay. went to like multiple restaurants and hotels, and that's what it was like. And that's what
4: they had. Yeah, it was like, yeah, this is yeah, our I'm There's like, stairs like,
2: everywhere. What? First of all, there's like nobody used this since
4: 1957.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going to get at the top of the steps and get stuck. Exactly. But it's not ideal because I would have to get out of my chair, and then somebody would have to carry Cheer my chair up, up the yeah. stairs. Wow. And I would you... get back. Yeah. And so it was just too much. It was. And, but we made it work. My friends, they always have had my back, and yeah. it was fantastic. And we made it work. And so we were there. It's like we just couldn't turn around and leave. We was like, hey, we're already in Rome. Too late now. Um, but. So yeah that that's how that happens and just Rome was not too accessible mm-hmm. but you know it is what it is it's always a eye opening experience and I'm trying yeah. to bring awareness as you mentioned to mm-hmm. accessibility issues and being the wheelchair nomad is definitely helping.
3: And now you get to say you've been to Rome, you've been to Paris, you've Absolutely. been to all these cool places mm-hmm. like to your point, you never know unless you try. Never
2: know. Exactly. And you're, never, doing
3: the, you're doing the work.
2: That's why I tell people with disabilities all the time. I like, oh, well, I'm scared to go and just go. Mm-hmm. And just go, like, take whatever you need and be prepared for the worst. Like, so if anything happens that's not the worst, you're like, well, at least it's not what I thought.
3: Yeah. You know? I think that's very, uh, that's a great perspective to have because, again, it goes back to that fear. A lot of people just don't mm-hmm. want to try something like that because it is scary, especially when you have a disability, whether it's a visible one or an invisible one. Like mm-hmm you're going to a whole other country where you don't necessarily you possibly don't understand the language and also your medical team is probably back in the states so, absolutely that's terrifying
2: mm, it, it was it was oh but just being prepared you yeah. always be prepared and um to your second point about the cliff situation mm-hmm. uh, it was we were in Mexico and uh, there were we went to Cenote and everybody was having fun and jumping off cliffs and I'm like hey I want to jump too. Y'all going to leave me down here. So I was like, to make it fair, I know it's probably hard to get me up there. I'm only going to do one of them. Yeah. And if I'm going to do one, I'm going to do the highest one. Oh, my goodness. And my boy, my best friend, uh, he went up there, and he jumped. I was like, you jump first and tell me how is it. So he jumped, <laughs> and he came down and was like, man, it's pretty high, Fletch, but if you know what you want to do? We can make it happen. So I was like, all right, y'all get in the water just in case. So, you know, if anything happens, I'll yeah. people be down there and— we went up there and he carried me. He was like, it was like, before we went up there, he was like, all right, you sure? Because once I take you up, there's only one way down. Right, you
4: got to jump. Yeah, yeah
2: like I, I don't want you you're not gonna get up there and I'm not carrying you back down. First. Right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And I went up there and I was like, ooh, okay. So one, two, three, and he, he launched me over there and I, and we got it accomplished. It, was, it, fantastic. it, was, it was fantastic. And it was lit. It was definitely, <laughs> it. and according I, I, to
3: Kalinda, it's live on YouTube.
2: That's, yeah, absolutely, oh, it's yeah. on my social media. It's on the YouTube. You can see the whole experience from multiple uh, camera angles. I had a GoPro on. I had two cameramen there filming the whole experience, wow. and it was it was fantastic. I, I really liked it. Really cool oh. to watch. Really cool to watch.
3: I so you do this. You have the wheelchair nomad, but you also have your nonprofit as mm-hmm. well called the sky is not the limit
2: absolutely talk to
3: us a little bit about where that started and what mission are you guys driving
2: um yeah so it started being a part of a bridge builders here in memphis tennessee um it always taught me to think outside the box and like what's in front of you that's maybe presented is now what you may all well whatever you see is maybe not always be the big picture Mm -hmm. so just sitting in you know just thinking about that and sky's not the limit and everything and um, I ran across a saying, and it said, this was like in high school, I was thinking about, it was like, how can we say the sky's the limit when there's footprints on the moon? Mm-hmm. So, what it means, like, the sky's not the limit. Like, yeah. there are no limits. Like, you can only you, you achieve whatever you think about. The limitations are only presented in your mind. Like, you only um, make limitations on, impose limitations on yourself. So, I just adopted the saying, as you can see right here on my sweatshirt, it's uh, the sky's not the limit. And we turned that into a nonprofit organization, and... Uh, We started it in September of, I want to say, is that 2019, right before the pandemic? Mm -hmm. So that's when it got established in September 2019. And the pandemic hit like that following January. So we weren't able to do as much as we wanted to do. Uh, But we did uh, a couple of things and it was fantastic. We had a um, kickoff, so to speak, in September. It was just so happened to be the 10-year anniversary of my accident is when we actually kicked it off and we had a fundraiser and... Uh, we had a live band. It was phenomenal. And we did a backpack drive that following October for the kids and with the money we raised in that fundraiser. And um, it was fantastic. And just uh, being there and just helping giving back to the community. And there's no way I could be where I am today without a support system and mm-hmm. people helping like uh, New Memphis and Bridge Builders and just giving back. I actually loved it. So I was like, hey, if people helping me can get, help me get to where I am today, If I just gave a little back, I know uh, it might not be much, but I love doing what I'm doing.
3: Yeah. So... But You said we a lot. Do mm-hmm. you, so you obviously don't do all of this alone. Do you have a team behind you or board members or anything like that? Yeah,
2: absolutely. The board members uh, are the same people I have always have always around since the beginning. Oh, wow. Uh, my cousin, he is a principal at a school here in Memphis. He's been by my side since day one. Uh, my best friend that travels with me all the time, my best friend that threw me off the cliff. <laughs> uh, my other uh, two of my closest female best friends is just board members. My female cousin has their own non um, organization. Yes her own nonprofit organization, which is uh, phenomenal for her to help me and with throughout the journey and just how what do I do about paperwork and bylaws and all that. And and she was like, well, this is what I do, a little cousin. This is what I did. So I would love to be on your board and we can get it going.
4: Oh, and shout out to Vanessa, who I
2: know is on your board yeah, as well, who we was an Vanessa. Embark Vanessa. alumni. Mm-hmm. Sure.
3: Kalinda knows everyone. She does. <laughs> she does.
2: She does. She knows everyone. Oh
3: goodness. Yeah, but yeah,
2: Vanessa, that's what I was talking about. She's on um, my board member as well.
3: Oh, awesome. So you are a native Memphian, right? Born and
2: raised, uh huh. Okay. I was. So oh, I am.
3: <laughs> when we have native, I'm a Memphian by choice. I've been here for a little over a decade. So Okay, where
2: are you from originally?
3: Kosciuszko, Mississippi.
2: Kosciuszko, Mississippi. Mm-hmm.
3: And- Dead Center, we are known for being the birthplace of Oprah. That is our claim to fame. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Because I'm okay. from Itala County. Shout okay. out. I met Oprah once.
2: Oh, uh, really? Wow. Oh. I was in a
3: wheelchair. I broke my foot. Uh huh. Um, and my little small town hospital was out of adjustable crutches. So they only had the kind that wouldn't adjust. And I was so short. Mm -hmm. All I had to do was do they like let me have a wheelchair and so i was like oprah was gonna be there they were doing a special showing of i think the color purple got Mm re-released and our little theater showed one movie at seven and one movie at nine and she was there and she came on the square i'm uh just like sitting there in my little chair
2: so y'all on first name basis you like what's up Oprah?
3: yeah i'm sure you know she remembers me absolutely it's me i am unforgettable i'm a basic blonde white girl of course she's not gonna forget what i look like (laughs) um but as a native memphian I would love to hear from you because you go and do these cool things with the wheelchair nomad. Mm-hmm. Being in Memphis, how do you kind of rate Memphis's accessibility?
2: Hmm. No one's ever asked me about home. Mm. I would say. I'm here
3: to do the hard-hitting absolutely, questions. Absolutely.
2: I see. Here we are. Um, there can be some work done. I would I say that. Um, like I said, I was being optimistic. Um, there can be some work done just with streets and that's. That's probably the, the the biggest thing. It's mm-hmm. it's just street streets and sidewalks are just not ideal as m- these larger cities like New York and L. A. Of course, um, but the other day, like right, I was going to. Well, not the other day. This past summer, I like I said, I lived downtown, and I was. Uh, I was like, hey, I'm going to go to Carolina Watershed mm-hmm. and give me a turkey leg and just have, you know, sit outside. So I, uh, I was rolling down the street and at the corner of Maine and Carolina, I want to say, mm. is right before you get there. There is a fire hydrant that is sitting directly in front of the curb cut. Oh, so wow. I can't go around it um, because I would fall off the curb. Like it's like really directly. It's like the fire hydrant was there first. And they built the, I don't know, I I don't even know what the logistics or whoever thought this. So I had to like wait and for someone, that was just so, we're having to be walking by and help you out. And just help me down. And I was like, Excuse me, ma'am, citizens of Memphis, Uh, (laughs) she was just a lady jogging. I was like, Do you mind please helping me? Because what I would have to, I would have to have turned around and go back and then down, yeah, Yeah. back down the sidewalk and then find a curb cut and then go in the street basically and have to pass it because i couldn't hmm. get down so i luckily the lady was passing shout out to the random the lady jogger lady yeah
3: showed you a random act of kindness <laughs>
2: exactly so um, but things of that nature and stuff, stuff like that like yeah. you just don't know until you need it or um you have to use it so i probably would have never noticed that i appreciate yeah. people walk past that never because they don't need to use a curb cut um but so i would say i would say streets are probably streets and sidewalks and ramps, ramps being too steep, and yeah. um, I gave a speech here recently at First Tennessee right there on Madison, I want to say, or Maine, I wanna,
3: mm-hmm. one of the,
2: right across from- Starts with
3: an M. Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: right across from the Canopy Hotel Yeah, uh, by the Rare Breast Stadium, and um, the HR, you know, it was kind of hard for me getting to that building, and she just brought, um, I didn't like it, it brought it to light to HR wow. the how not accessible mm-hmm. their building was, so- I kind of do that. I go around the city and just kind of just, hey, this could be better. This could be, you know, I travel a lot. These major cities are on it. Atlanta's pretty good. Denver's pretty Mm -hmm. good as well. Um, But Memphis can be better, I would say.
3: Doing So I haven't seen your entire YouTube series. I've seen Mm -hmm. highlights of episodes. I haven't seen the Mexico one, though, so I'm going to have to go check (laughs) that one out. Do you ever kind of become a tourist in your hometown and showcase kind of those things?
2: Um, yeah, so with me knowing a lot of people and I do a lot of traveling, yeah. you know, when I meet people out, it was like, hey, I'm in Memphis. And I kind of play tour guide to that situation. Like, these are the top restaurants and these are, you know, other motivational speakers. When I, when they come here in Memphis, I'm like, hey, let's grab lunch and what should I do? And I always say Civil Rights Museum is probably the top. You have to do that, of course, and just show them around. So, yeah, I think I do become tourist. I like to do staycations as well. Mm-hmm. I like to... Be a tourist, and you know, sometimes in my own city, and, it, and it's fun. I, I really enjoy it. So, just bringing it to light, just like I said, Memphis is always home. I, I want to live here. I want to grace my family here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've, I've always loved you here.
4: I mean, you just coming with it because we were about to ask you exactly what your top couple of Memphis gems were. So, mm-hmm. let's speak to what those might be. We know you like a little Carolina Watershed.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Carolina Watershed is good. They have good turkey legs. They, there's it, a lot of stuff in them. There's a lot of, like, macaroni and cheese and mm. rice and all that. So, it, But it's good. I would say.
3: Wait, it's inside the turkey leg? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
2: like it's a stuffed turkey leg. Uh, it's all around. It's like you can get. I've only been twice, so I'm not going exactly what's on the menu, but it's a lot of stuff. It's wow. that's
3: of, uh, So, see, that that's the one place I haven't been yet is Carolina Water. Yeah, Save
2: all your calories for one meal. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. I hope you're not on a diet. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but we are talking like what are we the food or what are we saying? Oh we, yeah, or, what do you need? Give
4: us if you, if you're hosting someone out of town and you want those top yeah. three or four things that you know you got to knock out. What, uh,
2: what you're giving what
3: them um, the perfect weekend Memphis experience.
2: Yeah, perfect weekend Memphis experience. All right, so you got to do. This is your first time in Memphis? Sure. Um, the person. Yeah. Got to do Civil Rights Museum. Mm-hmm. I'm giving that's top up there. Mm-hmm. Slave Haven as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, if uh, depending on how much time you got, I think you should, you know, do. More stacks, I, 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 I would love say. I, yeah, I would throw so stacks much. in there. But you know, I don't want to museum these people out. Yeah, so those are my yeah. three top museums, okay. I would say.
3: You got to fill them up. What, they, yeah, yeah. what are so, they eating, Fletcher?
2: Is that what are they eating? Uh, now, now when it comes to barbecue, of course, in mm-hmm. Memphis, here we go. Everybody has, everybody has their own. Yep. Hard but, opinion. so, the hard opinion. So I tell them like this Memphians rarely eat out barbecue because we barbecue ourselves. All
4: right. So, so we a know word. how. Yeah, Saying so a
2: word. What, what's the best barbecue? I'm like my daddy's house. Yeah, That's the best barbecue I've had. So I try to take it with a grain of salt with these, like, hey, from what I've heard, this is what's pretty good, so on and so forth. But for the most part, I eat my uncle's barbecue or my father's, you know. So, um, you know, of course, people go to rendezvous. You know, they see that on TV all the time. That's the more commercial one. But a lot of these mom and pop uh, ones are pretty phenomenal. Uh, When I go out and, you know, to, you know, of course, I go out with them and have whatever the case may be. And uh, so it's kind of hard to, I'm not going to... Point out any barbecues because it's all you know, like I said, it's all that's all phenomenal. You really can't go wrong, yeah. so to speak. Um, so with that food and what else? I, I would say you know, I'm a downtowner, so mm-hmm. I, a lot of the bars on Main Street. I like to. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of going. Like even when I go travel, I like to. I don't like to get in a car a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to stay somewhere where I can just. People watch. Yeah, people yeah. watch and move. So I'm, I go to a lot of cities downtown. I stay in hotels there or whatever their main. You don't need a car area. Yeah,
4: center of the so, city. I yeah, center
2: of the city. I, I love. I'm a city. I'm a city kid. I like this. I love living downtown. I'm not a country. And when we go visit my friend, not <laughs> friends, my uncles, and they live in the country, I'm like, it's. I don't want to be out here.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like it's too quiet out yeah, here. Yeah, it's I don't, too
2: quiet. Like suspicious. No, no cars going by. Like you know, I don't hear no ambulance or nothing. No fire. I, I need noise. I need noise. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're like, the silence is making me uncomfortable. Yeah, like Please. just
2: chirping a cricket, It's like, ah. Uh.
3: Okay, okay. Well, that sounds like a pretty cool time. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds like you'll have, when people come into town, you send them on their way, the yeah, right way. just explore, you know. Yeah, explore. I think that's my favorite thing about going to new places mm-hmm. is... I always joke that if you take me on a hike, I'm not a hike person. I'm a stay-and-look-at-the-same-thing-for-20-minutes person because, like, (laughs) if I find something I want to, like, embrace and, like, take in, Mm -hmm. you got to give me some time. Like, I want to enjoy it. So, to your point, there's so many little enjoyable things. Even here in Memphis, Mm -hmm. there's so much to enjoy about this city. I just think people— Get lost in it Because we live here We walk by it every day
2: You know You kind of Like I appreciate mm-hmm. anybody That lives in any city You kind of just get used to it Yeah But to contest with what you're saying I'm kind of that way too I kind of get sidetracked uh, yep. Especially <laughs> if I'm in a big city Like we were in Mardi Gras And we were walking down A canal or bourbon One of the main streets Or whatever And you know I'm, we're, I'm rolling My friends are in front of me And I'm like so, Oh
4: what's that <laughs> And I just go yep. in the
2: store they're, and like, they're like Wait a minute
3: what would you go Yeah they're
2: like Fletch where are you I was like I'm with y'all No you're not <laughs>
3: I, hey, where are y'all going? Like, I'm sorry, I had yeah, things to do. Exactly, I
2: was looking at here. I had voodoo dolls. I was trying to see what.
3: Look, I have the funniest story. My mm-hmm. first trip ever to New Orleans. I was a child, and we were on family vacation, and like I walked into the store, and I was with my mom and dad, and I just picked up this doll, and like I wanted this doll so bad, and my mom was like, "No, we can't, we can't get you that doll." It was a voodoo doll. Um, I thought it was just a regular yeah, doll. I doll, wanted this doll this so doll bad. Doll looks like me. And she was like. No, no, we can't. I don't think we should have that doll. <laughs> and I'm like, why? It's just and a she's doll. like, it's a voodoo doll. And I was like, what does that mean? That's like voodoo's <laughs> cool word. Exactly. Like I was so young. But yeah, Absolutely. that's whenever someone brings up a voodoo doll, that's like my first. I'm like, I really wanted one.
2: Are <laughs> right.
3: So you have traveled. You have started nonprofits. You have worked internationally, nationally with AT and T. You don't stop. But what the listening audience may or may not know is that you also are a part of the New Memphis family and are a graduate of our Embark program. Absolutely. So let's talk about it. We have lovely Kalinda here that can dive in deeper. Absolutely.
2: Kalinda, she was always uh, helpful uh, being our go-to person in group So I I (laughs) want to give a shout out to Kalinda here. Thank you so much. Snap, snap, snap it up, snap it up.
4: All right. All right. Um, Well, I want to shout out your cohort. Uh, Shout out to a Fall 2020 Embark cohort. That was your cohort. Okay. Um, And those that may be listening from that cohort. Um, So I want to talk about your experience with Embark. So just a little background for you guys. Um, Embark is our program for young professionals who want to grow their networks, who want to get more skills and resources to be part of the great fabric of YPs here in this city, but also those who want to stay here and do um, the work to grow their careers here to uh, stay here and make Memphis even better and fill with awesome individuals like themselves. So with that said, tell me about your experience, Fletcher, being part of our virtual cohort uh, due to COVID. We had to keep the train moving, but we did it all virtually. So we never, I have not met Fletcher in person (laughs) until today. Um. Yes, he's still bald, black, and pretty, as he says. In his... Yes, I am black, bald,
2: <laughs> black, bald, and pretty,
4: as he said in his, um, in his wheelchair no man series. Um. So tell me about your experience in Embark. Just share with us something that uh, was impactful for you and that was a great takeaway.
2: Absolutely. So my experience uh, with Vanessa being, you know, my go-to person, she recommended me, I believe, and um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get the. In person experience She was like Well I was I was telling her Like the um, task We did activities She was like Well we did it a little different It was uh, You know It sounds like it was A better in person experience But you gotta do What you gotta do You gotta roll with the punches But to say that though it was, It was still phenomenal We had a fantastic time And trying to help. A lot of the people, they weren't from Memphis. They moved here for uh, work and jobs and things. So being that go-to person for that situation was phenomenal and just bringing high energy and letting people uh, meet new people. And, um, you know, hey, I live down here, downtown as well, Fletcher. Uh, just been down here six months. Can you help me out and meet new people? Absolutely. I would love to. But it was definitely opened in the career path and just trying to better myself as a professional. It was definitely helpful in that situation when we were doing the activities with a lot of the um, teachers or professors. Um, They were um, helping us build ourselves and figuring out my uh, personality uh, was a definite definite positive for me. I thought I was this, it turns out I was that. And I was like, I know, I know. So it, (laughs) it it was, I would definitely recommend it and it was, definitely eye-opening and it helped me grow as a professional. I would definitely say that Uh, you kind of think about how ways you can better yourself and you kind of get wrapped up in your job. Like if I do my job better but sometimes if you just better yourself individually that can also inadvertently help you do your job better.
4: Absolutely. Just one of those takeaways that um We provide to embarkers through a personality assessment. So Mm -hmm. definitely some great takeaways there. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I do want to plug the program really quickly. (laughs) Talking about your experience, Fletcher, Uh, we have those YPs out there um, like Fletcher who are looking to uh, be a part of a wonderful fabric here in Memphis. It's growing every single day of our young professionals. We invite you to join the Embark program. It's something awesome for our young professionals to be a part of, to get together, be a part of our new Memphis family. Um, But meet those cool, interesting people that are just like you. They just want to come here in Memphis to grow themselves, to better what they give to the city, um, but create that love for Memphis. Um, get attached to a great organization or a great place to work and uh, continue to thrive here in Memphis. Um, so we extend an invitation to young professionals out there to apply to the program. And that is year round. We are gearing up for our next cohort here in February and shout out to that group coming up. I'll see you guys really, really soon. Um, mm. Yeah, so just wanted to plug that really
3: quickly. Yes, and if you become a New Memphis Embarker, You get to be a new of us graduate just like cool people like Fletcher. So, I mean, I don't know what more you want from us. You get
2: (laughs) get it all. You get it all.
3: Yeah. And I'm very interested here since you brought it up. What was the most shocking thing you learned through your personality assessment?
2: Mm, Shocking?
3: Yeah, that you were just – I know you spoke a little bit about, like, I thought I was this. And then I'm just, like – I know when we've taken, like, the MBTI and different things, I'm always, like, oh, I knew I was that, but I'm really that. Like
2: (laughs) So – as much as, of a, as an extrovert, well, I have said I am mm-hmm. and I try to be that people person. Um, talking to other introverts, they, you know, I, we showed similar qualities and just being, um, what were the four? do you remember the, I can't think of the top ones.
4: Yeah, so there's dominant, this D influences I, there is conscientious. Okay. And they're steadfast. Or Ste- steadiness, steadiness.
2: Okay. So, yeah, I think steadiness was my shocker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? This doesn't seem like nothing. You know, Yeah, because you're be...
4: very extroverted. Exactly. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. So, you know, just like I said, taking the test and just answering the questions and uh, realizing, like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe I can try to fulfill or cater to my steadiness side a little more and not just be so in your face all the time. Yeah.
3: You, know? <laughs> you guys, the reason I bring that up is because no matter how well you know yourself, you can always learn more. You can learn more about yourself personally, which then will reflect in your professional life. And Fletcher, you just heard the example from him. You will learn so much about yourself. And that mm-hmm. is why New brings this work is to help people get better because our city needs leaders. It needs leaders like Fletcher that is with us today. You've heard all the incredible things he has going on here and guys, come on, do it. Do what Kalinda said. Apply to be an Embarker. You can do it at org slash... Yeah, Embark, too. <laughs> There's so many different places. Just go to newmemphis.org.
2: Absolutely. Don't be I'm scared. Do. Like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, just, just do it. Just got to do it.
3: Don't let your anxiety stop you guys. <laughs> so, Fletcher, do you have any upcoming cool projects you can tell us about in the future?
2: Uh, yes, yes, I do. I do. I am currently with a... Nonprofit organization that would like to be left uh, anonymous, they mentioned. Um, okay. We are going, uh, April is not Distracted Driving Month, aware, Distracted Driving Awareness Month. Okay. So we're traveling the country and telling my testimony. Um, they have agreed to fund some travel for me, uh, which is fantastic. So, this is
3: where I wish I had an applause button.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, there uh-huh. we go. There we go. Snap, uh, snap, snap. snap, snap. snap. And just traveling the country, just different high schools and businesses and telling my story of distracted driving awareness, yeah. which, of course, is why the big thing being in April and overcoming adversity, the importance of education for the high school students, because I was on a football scholarship. But, you know, unfortunately, through circumstances, um, I was unable to play at a young age of 18. I thought I was going to mm-hmm. be playing forever, of course. But I tell these kids, I'm like, hey, number one. Your sport, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, tennis, ping pong, whatever you do won't last forever. Mm -hmm. So you need to have some type of educational background. And even if you are the number one running back or basketball player, if you don't have the grades, they will, Mm -hmm. nothing I can do for you, sir, Mm -hmm. or ma'am, whatever the case may be. So I was saying the importance of education and overcoming adversity and distracted driving and uh, faith-based living, I speak to a lot of churches and things of that nature, so Um, We are putting on a tour in April, like I mentioned, and we're traveling the country. We have, I think, 30 slots available, and I think we have, well, total, and I think we have 12 so far Mm -hmm. filled Mm -hmm. up. So if you know someone in any part of the country that would uh, benefit from hearing my story during that month of April, please reach out. And if it's not in April, like we have some in late March and late early May, so we kind of are flexible. And it's a fantastic. And I was telling people that someone just asked me during a speech, like, how often do I speak in Memphis? And to be honest, I don't really speak a lot in Memphis for some reason. Uh, people always assume that, oh, I'm pretty sure you've been to every right. high school in Memphis. And I've only spoke to maybe four high schools in Memphis. Wow. Like, even during the, um, the tour, the 12 slots I mentioned or 17 slots, whatever, um, I, none of them are in Memphis. I have California, Florida, Texas, New York. Um, Colorado, I have all over the country, but none are in Memphis. I think that maybe because my story, it's a, I was a hometown that you know. Oh, we heard Fletcher's story. He's, been, I've been on the news maybe thirteen times, <laughs> so maybe I don't know if it's just.
4: I don't know, but we can plug it here. So you guys are listening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, those are looking for Fletcher to come and speak. There we go. <laughs> Please reach out to him. He's got a story to be told. Um, whether you've heard it or not, it's worth hearing again. I
3: know because I'm saying it can always be reiterated. I uh, appreciate it. So, uh, speaking of people that are listening and they want to get in contact with you or keep up with your story or just mm-hmm. learn more about everything you do, where can they go to do that?
2: Um, yeah, social media is um, probably one of the best. Uh, my website, of course, is www.fletchercleaves.com. Uh, my social media handles are rolling on faith, R O L L I N O N F A I T H. Um, Facebook The Wheelchair Nomad Also Twitter Rolling on Faith Or you can just type in Fletcher Cleaves And all my info will pop yeah, up And all good. this is available On my website as well mm-hmm. So you can uh, go there And you Now Speaking of another project I would like to mention yeah, Also please. Is uh, The Wheelchair Nomad Got some exciting things coming. Oh, so this is we... my
3: favorite initiative almost. <laughs> like you're a great public speaker and I love hearing you speak, but this is like my favorite. So what's your Oh yes. So why, please why, tell why me. Is
2: that if you don't mind me asking
3: I think it's my favorite because I love it when people use things they love. For instance, you're using travel to mm. shine a light on something bigger. So when you're traveling to these places and you're revealing where these accessibility issues are, it helps people get to the root of the issue of the accessibility instead of trying to just treat the symptoms. Mm, So, like, instead of like, I'm going to fix this one pothole. No, let's go to this level of the person that has the whole street and figure out how to fix that whole problem. Absolutely. And so that's my favorite thing of why I do that.
2: uh, So, yeah, the wheelchair no man. you know, I can't give a lot of details, but you might see just going to tease us. Yeah, a little, a little teaser. Hold you on. might see it in some streaming network near oh, you. Some, Some big screen near you. Heard you
4: heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, people.
2: There we go. We Exclusive. Have exclu- <laughs> burr, 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 burr. But uh But, yeah, it's fantastic. And just uh, bringing, you know, awareness to different issues. Yeah. Like you said, the, a lack of accessibility and luxury in travel. A lot of luxury hotels do not have accessibility. If you think about hotels, um, they are, of course, they have the wheelchair accessible rooms, mm-hmm. but... These resorts as well. They have it's only one type of room. So like mm. like for instance, if I wanted a, the penthouse suite yeah. or a ocean view, and like none of those rooms are wheelchair accessible. So things of that nature, and and just living life like uh, just traveling, doing other thing, crazy stuff like being thrown off cliffs and riding the world's fastest roller coaster in Abu Dhabi. That was also a scary experience. It was probably more scary than the cliff situation.
4: Wait a minute, doing I, what?
2: I would de- I would definitely say that that was. Whew, uh, so me and my cousin, it was of course. I'm in, well, I'm in Abu Dhabi, and um, it's the world's We're at Ferrari World when they had the world's fastest roller coaster, and I'm already like, nope. Then that's sign all me, not up. No, runner. that's all I need. The world's fastest. Yep, put my name down, sir.
3: We're not the same. So when you. they mean
2: world's fastest, they mean world's fastest. So oh we're in the roller coaster, and then you know, uh, I was like, well, let me get in the seat to see if I feel safe first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get down there, and I'm, I mean, it's not the best type of. But I think I'll be. i miss the world's fastest. I got to do it. Yeah. So my cousin gets on with me, and he puts his arm right here. It's kind of like a bar. So I'm sitting behind his arm, and he's blocking me. And uh, he's holding on to his, his side of the cart. I
4: can't imagine that arm lasting any, long, any longer than a couple seconds.
2: Three <laughs> seconds tops. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, know, you get the click. Uh, like You tell it's about to take off. So it's, you get ready, and you hear the pressure. The choo- so here he comes. And we shoot out like I'm talking about like zero to eight like it was so fast, and immediately as soon as we shoot, I fall over.
4: Oh no! <laughs> so oh, I, once God. I fall over,
2: I don't even know what the roller coaster <laughs> looked like because. <laughs> Like uh, my head was in my lap the entire time, so we were rolling and we're going. And uh, my cousin, I was like, "What were you thinking?" And uh, was, my cousin, I was like, "The first thing I thought, you fell over and we were going to roller coaster." I was male, is my, that's what we calls my my family calls my mother. It was like male is gonna kill me. <laughs> and uh, I didn't see any like, so he was just telling me, he was like, "All hey, right, because we about to go up down. We about to go. We about to go upside down. We about to go upside down." And I'm leaning over like, "Okay," like I can't see anything. <laughs> But it it was it was experience, and I was like, "Yeah, nope, I'm good on that. Don't do that again."
3: What a way to end us, Fletcher! My goodness, (laughs) well, I can't wait to learn more and see. What's coming up with? I know you could only give us the sneak peek, but I there can't wait go. to be seen on a streaming service. Guys, if you want to check out more about Fletcher, his work, if you want to book him for a gig to come public speak, check out his website. What's it again? Tell the people
2: FletcherCleaves.com.
3: FletcherCleaves.com. Well, thank you so much for being yeah. with us today. Thank
2: you for having me. Thanks, I really Fletcher. appreciate it. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. I, enjoyed I it.
3: love it. <laughs>
4: it's
0: lit. Bye, it's guys. It's lit. <laughs> such a great episode. I always love revisiting it. And this one in particular, we had a lot of really great ones from 2022. But this one is definitely top tier. So I appreciate you picking it. So everybody could give it every listen.
1: Yes, no problem. It's just super exciting to just hear those messages from people like Fletcher. Because I mean, I feel like I've been in situations where I just felt like I was at just the end of the road. And I will hear messages like that from like Fletcher and I just you know like you there you could be there could be so much worse and Fletcher is just such um, an inspiring just bubbly person Um, and he just you know I just be like you know. You you woke up today, be grateful for that. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a
0: job. Some people don't have jobs, you know, especially exactly. since day, There's you know, always something there's to, to something be grateful for if always. you're looking for it in the same way. There's always something to be annoyed by if you're right. if you're allowing it to yes. be that way. And so I think the reminder to focus on what you do have is, is always essential. I mean, it's something we could all use, a dose of that um every day. And he has definitely turned his tragedy into triumph. And I love to see it and it's yes, for sure. Uh, it's a message of hope that I feel like we all need as we go into the new year, as you're making your, um, if you do resolutions, if you have goals for yourself, if you set mantras, whatever it is that you do to set out your intentions for a new year, I think, um, making sure that an attitude of gratitude and remembering that, hope is the answer and that there's always something kind of around the corner if you just fight for it
1: definitely and don't limit yourself yes like, you have
0: no limits do
1: not limit yourself Fletcher has done so many things he's been in Embark he's in Embark alone. yes Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um I mean he's and he's been in Bills which I heard him say that I was actually in Bills when I was in high school so I mean there's like there's just so many things that we just have in common that I just never knew And I am extremely happy to actually have Fletcher as a personal friend myself. And so Fletcher, when you listen to this, just know you are great. You're always going to be great. And I look forward to making many more memories. Hopefully we can take one of those out of town trips Um, because you've actually you have lived more than me when it comes to travel. I was about to say, (laughs) yeah,
0: sign me up. I want to be on the next Wheelchair Nomad. Yes, I'm trying to (laughs) Excursion. I love it. Well, again, the sky is not the limit. And you can come to TEDxMemphis2023 on February 11th to hear more insights and inspirations from Fletcher Cleaves. Yes, you don't want to miss it. Until next week. Bye. Bye. This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.